Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Stacy, who is both a psych and family nurse practitioner. Currently, she operates four of her own businesses, which include an online telepsych practice, an online weight loss clinic, and both brick and mortar weight loss and psych practices. She has been in business for about a year and a half and has found more success with her telemed practices, but the brick and mortar practices are gaining steam. Interestingly enough, she operates all of this out of country as she lives in Mexico. She's needing assistance prioritizing tasks with her businesses and how to scale them. Hey, Stacy, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, no, thanks for hopping on here. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's chat about this. This is pretty interesting. So, you live in Mexico and own your businesses in the United States, yeah? <laughs> I do. It's a little complicated. <laughs> sure. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that first. I think it's uh, I think it's really interesting. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, I was a single parent for seven years, and in my regular W two job, they had us working a telephone job out of an office, and we could not work from home. So I was trying to juggle schools not being in session and all that with young children at home as a single mom. And I had been following you for a little while. And finally, I just took the leap and I said, something's got to give. So I started the telepsych practice first and moved to Mexico. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. I mean, I've done some telemed stuff before, you know, when I was uh, you know on vacation in another country and stuff before. So, I mean, it's uh, surprisingly really easy to do. There's nothing to it, right? No, uh, except for when I visited Egypt this year, the time difference definitely was a bit more challenging than it is here where we're on the same time zones. But uh, yeah, so I've been able to live more affordably, give my kids a totally different life. And I've also done quite a bit of traveling as well. Cool. Yeah, super awesome. So I guess walk me through what you're doing here. So which practices did you start first and why did you start four practices in the span of a year and a half? <laughs> That's a good question. I started Psych Care Anywhere, the uh, telepsych practice first, and it was supposed to be just a cash pay practice enough to do what it needed to and get me what I needed. However, the demand was definitely there to take insurance and then 
it just grew and I started hiring people and it's done really well ever since. The weight management company I started right after the telepsych and those two have just worked really, really well. What I discovered is there was a pretty big demand to see Medicaid. And my understanding is unless you want to stay really niche, you kind of have to take Medicaid or at least consider it. There was also a demand for in-person. I am from Columbus, Ohio, and so that's where a lot of the demand was coming from. And I kind of saw an opportunity and went for it and started the brick and mortar in July of this year. It has made some money. Not remarkable, but enough to at least invest back into it. And I'm getting ready to try to scale marketing a bit more. And then also the weight management is just a tiny little side gig. They share an office, as a matter of fact, because uh, both practices are pretty small. So I think that's where we're at with that. Okay. So how many nurse practitioners do you employ? Across all companies, I've got four. One works almost full-time and the rest are very part-time. Right, right, right. Just kind of PR in as needed, make their own schedule kind of thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember when I had my uh, transgender HRT telemedicine, it was kind of the same thing. Like, just make your own schedule. That'll be the availability. I mean, it's pretty simple. So, okay. Yeah. Well, this is pretty interesting. So, I guess, you know, for practices like this, sometimes, I mean, I'm all for having multiple businesses. I think having multiple businesses makes you extremely financially redundant, extremely financially secure. But I think there could be some room here for some consolidation to make this a little bit more simpler. I do have a thought on that is to be really competitive in our area. The other weight management companies do take insurance. And I know that's a funny line. Um, (laughs) It's for some people and for others. It's not. We are considering doing that possibly under the psych umbrella because the two go hand in hand. So that's one possibility between those two companies, the brick and mortars. I think you should do that. I mean, I say just consolidate it down and just make it simple. I mean, just just market it as a DBA, but, you know, be within the same, you know, the same umbrella of the LLC and the same insurance credentialing. The trick being some of my psych and P's don't want to touch that. So that's fine. I-, <laughs> I mean, you can do that or hire another nurse practitioner to do that. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I started dabbling on doing some of my own credentialing too. So I've made small steps, but steps nonetheless there. Well, I mean, good for you. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I'd rather just hire someone to pay him a thousand bucks to do it. But, but yeah, how's that going? Very slow because I'm doing too much. I do see clients for both of the tele practices as well. And then, of course, I'm in Mexico. So I'm enjoying myself in our 90 degree <laughs> weather year round. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I think maybe you should start delegating some tasks to some other people here. Like, you shouldn't be doing the credentialing paperwork. I mean, that is such busy bullshit work. Get someone else to do that for you. Yeah, it's going to cost you a thousand bucks, $1,500. It's not that much. I did have someone that did quite a bit for the brick and mortar psych. And uh, sometimes you have to <laughs> learn the hard way who's great and who isn't. So I am definitely considering doing that now that because I've been on the fence about do I consolidate these? What do I do with these? So yeah. That- that's probably been a big part of why I haven't done anything as far as the credentialing, except for an app or two. Right, right, right. Okay, so then I say consolidate the brick and mortar practices and then advertise them both as just separate DBAs or whatever, you know? So a DBA for the psych portion of it and then a DBA as the weight loss. If you go to the Elite MP website and go to all articles, search DBA, there's an article there where I talk about like how to actually do it from like a legal standpoint. It's really simple. 
So basically, I would have two separate websites. I would have two separate patient intake forms. I mean, basically separate everything, but legally it's all under the same umbrella and you're still billing under the same MPI. Does that make sense? So one EMR then, which we use OptiMantra for all four businesses anyway. Yeah, don't complicate this. Just use the same EMR. There's no need to, yeah, there's no need to complicate this at all. You could basically operate the two practices, you know, in quotations under everything's the same thing, the same EMR, the same malpractice, the same insurance, all of that. But just from an outside perspective, patients think it's two separate businesses. You know what I mean? The Absolutely. Yeah. The perception is that it's a separate weight loss business. The perception is that it's a, it's a separate psych practice. But in reality, legally, it's all within the same thing. So if you do that, you should be fine. Okay. And it'll make your life so much easier. The bookkeeping will be the same. Taxes will be the same. I mean, everything will just be within the same account. Like it just, it'll make your life a lot simpler. What do you do with the people that want to use insurance for the visit, but then they maybe want compounded semaglutide or something like that? I know that can get complicated. Well, insurance won't cover that. So it's an uncovered service. You can just charge cash for it. It's no worry. Okay. Yeah. If it's not covered by insurance, you can charge cash for it. And that will not be covered by insurance because insurance is a paper compounded meds. So like choose $100 is you know, if someone's paying all cash, well, take the difference of what my monthly charge usually is. Knock off, say $100, what we would consider the visit cost and the insurance client pays that difference. Does that sound in the line uh, as far that out. Okay. So if you're not charging the insurance company at all, I would do more of like a subscription-based thing instead, just have, you know, just charge them monthly, you know, just like a monthly tier. Like we talk about the courses, you know, just every month they, you know, you charge them $300 or whatever. And that includes the visit and the semaglutide, for example, if you're going to be charging their insurance for the visit, then charge them for the visit and then just mark up the semaglutide 2X. Your call. Okay. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Yeah. I was overcomplicating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no need to complicate. As long as you're making 100, 150 bucks a month profit off each patient, you're good to go. Absolutely. Yeah, so I would do it that way. That'll kind of streamline it a little bit easier for you there. So do you have any more questions about the brick and mortar practice before we jump into telemed ones? Yes. So they're definitely slower than my telepractices are. And that's because, or at least I think it is, because I'm not there. So I will be back in town here shortly next week. And I am looking at talking to a freelance marketer, someone that can deliver materials, talk to people, go to local gyms, doctor's offices, so on and so forth. And do you think that might be a helpful move as opposed to like paying a marketing agency or something like that? Is having someone kind of boots on the ground delivering stuff to people face-to-face? -face? Kind of just getting the word out to like other practices and stuff so they start referring people to you. Is that kind of what you're right. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I've networked with therapists a bit and we do get some referrals there, but I feel like our site practice brick and mortar definitely should be building up faster than it is. I know one thing is because we don't prescribe schedule twos and sometimes that's, you know, there's a pretty high demand for ADHD meds. But other than that, I feel like it should be building faster than it is. So I'm trying to think of ways to like connect with referral sources face-to-face because -face. I know online works because we have that success with the telepsych in Ohio specifically. It's slower in the other states. I mean, how much of a demand is there for psych in your area? I mean, how much competition is there? Good question. So it seems to be high, <laughs> yeah. but I am thinking it's high for like serious mental illness. And maybe that's where some of the difficulty comes from. Yeah. The problem with psych anymore is that it's getting saturated in a lot of areas. I mean, more and more people are thinking psych is the, is the answer to market saturation, but now psych's getting saturated. <laughs>
You know what I mean? Like it just make it just making it worse in some places. Well, I mean, you accept insurance, so you got that going for you. You know, not prescribing, you know, Adderall and that kind of thing is definitely going to hurt you. Is there any reason why you don't want to do that? Ohio law, you can't unless your community health center designated or an MD or DO owns your practice, which will never happen. That's so stupid. It's Give ridiculous. Me a break. Yes. Right, I've, I've tried to find workarounds and I know some NPs do. What they do is, that, well, if my collaborator says it's okay, it's okay. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not toying with that law. Well, that's for patient safety, Stacey. Come on now. Get your head out of your ass. Sure. <laughs> but it didn't be all these years. It, uh, of course, in all my prior years, I could prescribe whatever I wanted. And right. now I feel like it's, right. it's absurd. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with patient safety. Come on. Get your head out of the sand. <laughs> Come on. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. Anyways, it is what it is, right? So- Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to open that can of worms up either and deal with all that. I think maybe hiring someone for like a little two or three month stint where they go out and really try to spread the word, you know, hand out uh, flyers, pamphlets, whatever to various practices, go to therapist offices and that kind of thing. I think that would be worth spending a couple thousand dollars on and seeing if it helps. I definitely think that's a good idea. I think you should really make it a priority that, uh, you know, you're ranking as high as you possibly can on Google searches because, you know, a lot of people are looking for psych practices. So I think that you should really maybe focus on your SEO strategy and your Google uh, search ads and see if that helps. Okay. I have someone fixing my ads right now. Google likes to randomly flag your ad account and say circumventing system. So if someone is fixing that literally today, it's, yeah, Google sometimes will deny ads, as I think we all know, for really bizarre reasons. So working on that, I did have another thought is you mentioned saturation. However, there is a small town with a huge psych need about an hour and a half away. But I was like, would I be spreading myself even thinner, even though I think we would serve a really heavy population there? Well, with that said, I mean, if you open up another brick and mortar practice there, yeah, you're going to be spreading yourself a lot thinner. Would it be worthwhile to either scrap what you got and open up there instead, or simply just maybe rent a little, you know, office that's 300 bucks a month or something so that way you can just pop a Google listing in there and then just do it all telepsych? I like that idea. And I think the people there probably would too. Yeah. You know, just have like a little satellite office there. I mean, in my opinion, I think spending three or $400 a month to have a physical location in an area simply for a Google business listing and whatnot and having an address there is worth it. Think of it as part of your marketing budget. You know what I mean? The office could be empty. It could just sit there, whatever. Like I wouldn't even turn on utilities to it. Like just... Just so you have an address there, throw a Google business listing there, boom, now you're good to go. You know what I mean? I think that's a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a huge demand there, but I've been, again, put that on the back burner. <laughs> like it could probably make a lot of money, but not yet. <laughs> sure. Okay. I think that's a good idea though. I think that, uh, you know, I've, I mentioned before in a lot of podcasts, there are gold mines in smaller towns because no one's there. So yeah, I think that might be a worthwhile goal in 2023 to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Any other questions about the brick and mortar? Chamber of Commerce, $1,575 is a year membership, uh, but it's for a huge area in Ohio. Do you think or in your experience is a membership worth it in terms of marketing and networking? Some people will say, yes, it has helped them a lot. And other people say it was the biggest waste of money that they've ever spent. Personally, it was a waste of money. A lot of other MPs said it's been a waste of money. And then I have other MPs swear up and down that it gave them a lot of patience. So I really don't have an answer for you. It seems like every area is different. 
I guess as a one-time thing, like, Ooh, we'll see what happens this year. I guess that would be right. fair. You know, just, I mean, that's part of marketing is experimenting with stuff and finding what works and what doesn't, you know, I've, I've wasted a lot of money on, on certain marketing things before in the past. It, it's just part, it's part of the game. I mean, 1500 bucks isn't really a whole lot of money, you know, and it might help. Are you actually going to show up at the meetings though? Probably not. <laughs> so then it's probably a waste of your money. <laughs> <laughs> If I waste your money, I wouldn't bother with it. I spend that fifteen hundred dollars instead on optimizing your SEO or getting someone out there to you know start making some relationships with therapists or something. Awesome! I have interviews scheduled for a couple of people next week. Uh, Perfect. Marketers. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. All right. Cool deal. That's what I would do. Uh, any other questions about it? Uh, not for the brick and mortars. Okay. So the telemed stuff that you got. So you got telepsych and tele weight loss. Just one more question before we move on. How much revenue is your brick and mortar practice generating a month, approximate? Before, after. Oh, so revenue, eh, somewhere around maybe 4000 and that's before I pay people. I did discover I was overpaying my NP. Uh, didn't think yeah. I'd have that problem. Our reimbursement was not quite what we thought it would be. However, she is graciously agreed to switch to an hourly and she's totally happy with that. So that's going to make us um, more money and also give her a more consistent schedule anyway. So it's not making much of anything right now. I'd say it's at least paying the rent and some leftover to reinvest in the company. Okay. So it's basically a break even just about might as well say. I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So the telemed, telesite, teleweight loss, how much are these making? Because you said they were really the breadwinners here. I'm ballparking this year that we will have made around 90,000 net. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, that means so you basically paid yourself 90K. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. I mean, for the first year, that's not bad. Absolutely. So I'm not sure how much I should have in each account for each business. Like, what's a safe number? I have not really paid myself except the minimum that I need, really. So I've been sitting on this money like, okay, <laughs> because again, I spread myself too thin and they got nervous that I was going to use maybe money for one thing and maybe the other business needed it. So, but I definitely say it replaced my income from my W2 job. Okay. Well, yeah, it's beautiful. That's awesome. To answer your question about how much you should have in the accounts, my opinion, I keep about three months of expenses in the bank for each business. Thank you. Yeah, just three months of expenses. You know what I mean? Now, I wouldn't factor in the cost of supplies and all that kind of stuff. Just three months to keep the business open. Obviously, you're not paying your NPs if you're not you know, seeing patients and stuff. So you don't have to factor in a whole lot of payroll, but mostly just you know, marketing costs, rent, utilities, you know, things like that. But a lot of that doesn't really apply to telemed. So probably realistically, I'd maybe keep ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in those accounts. I don't think you really need much more than that unless you're planning on doing some real you know, heavy growth things. Okay. No, uh, scaling in other states has been tricky. I am licensed in Ohio, Arizona, Illinois, and California, but California is tricky. Um, I've tried to hire there. But, uh, they have very, very rough employment laws. So currently, I am the only one that sees clients in California, but there's so many of them, I have to turn them down often. What I find is hiring people to work in other states, they want to have a 20 hour week and they want it right now before credentialing. So I've hired some people and then they quit before they even got credentialed. So I am trying to come up with a better way to, because I pay really well. Generally, I pay 70% of any client encounter. So they're working on productivity, but I'm trying to figure out how to really get people that want to work for us. I think the work we do is awesome because again, we're not even messing with 
controlled substances. Because I say, if we don't do it in Ohio, I don't do it in any state because that could open up issues. So I'm like, we'll keep it uniform across the board. I do have someone that works for me in a couple states, but things have been going pretty slow there. But I'm trying to figure out how to both scale the business and also get providers in other states, mainly for psych. For weight, I've always had around 50 clients. It seems to be this magic number, which more than provides income. In fact, it probably provides the most income out of all four businesses. But I do have a new SEO provider getting started. And I'm trying to think if maybe I should do some boots on the ground work in either of those states, Illinois and Arizona, or what else I could possibly do to scale those businesses. And I could see the telesite really, really growing if I play my cards right. Okay. Well, if you see that, you know, if you see a big growth potential there, then you definitely need to focus on that. But also my opinion, I feel like you should always focus on what, uh, what's bringing the money in. I mean, you know, your weight loss practice is generating some significant income. Why not grow that? I mean, it seems like that's where the money is. It is. And maybe it's just because it was easier for me to hire people for psych and weight. I just did it all by myself for a really long time. So, okay. Yeah. Well, the, well, the beautiful thing about the weight loss is, are you accepting insurance for that or is that cash? It's only cash and almost all our clients are nurses because they talk to each other. It's really okay. nice. Well, there you go. There's your niche. Perfect. I would go ahead and blow that up even more. So hiring an NP for that, it's cash. You can literally start on the same day, right? That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you could hire someone immediately for that and then really start dumping some money into the marketing for that. In my opinion, I feel like that I would probably really try to focus on growing that. I mean, I would try to grow the telepsych as well, but I feel like you maybe should put a little bit more of your focus on that. You know, when I first started doing this, you know, running multiple practices and businesses and whatnot, my mind told me not to focus on what was profitable, but focus on what wasn't so I can make it profitable. Mm. And then what happened was, was that I was talking to a mentor of mine and he told me, he's like, dude, focus on what's making the money, man. Are you stupid? Like, okay, well, all right. And I did that. And that was the best advice I needed. Like a simple outside perspective, something so simple as that it was a springboard for a lot of my success. So I think that maybe you should put a little bit more effort towards what's making the money already and grow that further while also, you know, putting some effort in the other one as well. I mean, I don't want you to just throw it away. So maybe put some more thought into that. Need to consolidate some because in my mind, I was like, should I sell one of these? Like, one of them has to go. But if I can consolidate, that definitely will help, I think. Yeah, Uh, I don't think you're making enough money to sell any of these things right now. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to buy these. Not not yet, you know. So yeah, I think you got to get them really profitable first before you decide to sell one. But yeah, I think maybe put a little bit more effort into marketing and maybe hiring another provider for the weight loss, getting the website, just looking absolutely fantastic, trying to see if you can start getting a little bit more referrals from the nurses, maybe make the nursing weight loss kind of thing your niche, if that's kind of what you're seeing is happening and really go from there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I'm in town next week, I'm actually going to stop in some of the places that the nurses work that I keep getting referrals from <laughs> and, you know, drop off some goodies and that kind of thing. So they there can you go. Really- see me face to face. But almost all of those people are in Ohio. I really want to connect with the nurses in some of the other states too. You're going to have to do that just through some good old fashioned cold calling marketing, I think. I think you're going to have to just throw some ads out there and, you know, hope for the best. The good news is targeting, you know, RNs through social media is extremely easy to do. So I'd say make that your focus. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So try that out. I think you could really blow that up if you, you know, put some 
effort to it. And I'm not talking about putting a lot of effort into this. I don't think you need to put a lot of effort into it. I think that you might have accidentally kind of found your niche here and I think you should focus on it. You know, 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort. So I don't think you need to do a whole lot here. It, it feels like a lot. I'm like, how am I supposed to do all this for all of these? What was I thinking? <laughs> well, utilize the power of technology. Like I said, targeting RNs is extremely easy to do. Targeting any specific professions, very easy to do online. Um, are you suggesting like via Google ads, Facebook ads? Correct. Instagram? Oh, okay. And targeting specifically people with the job title of registered nurse. And I then will you, do that. They're the and, best patients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you tailor your ads for them. Speak to them. Right. Like, I will do that. Right. Like the elite MP. I speak to nurse practitioners. That's who I speak to. That's like, you guys are my audience. You know what I mean? You guys are my customers. Like you guys are my sisters and brothers. So the RNs for your weight loss, that is your audience. You speak to them directly. That makes sense? I did start a TikTok. So that's been something I've been working on too. So, and there I would you go. there's RNs all over TikTok. So, all right. There you go. Speak to them. You are the weight loss queen for RNs or whatever. <laughs> however you want to advertise that, however you want to play that. Okay, that would be my suggestion for that. All right, I hope everyone's enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank everyone listening and also give a big thank you to all of my social media followers and email subscribers. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our email list at www.leadnp.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Email subscribers will receive updates on new weekly podcast episodes, multiple weekly articles we publish, new courses, and everything else related to helping you succeed. Remember, all elite nurse practitioner courses are designed to help you build a niche practice, increase your financial strength, and to break free from the rat race. If I can break free and then other countless nurse practitioners can break free, then so can you. Additionally, please share this podcast with your other nurse practitioners, sisters, and brothers out there. The more NPs that venture out on their own, the stronger our profession will become. Now, let's get back to the episode. In terms of the telepsych, hiring someone, the practice is credentialed already, right? In those states. So credentialing another provider in it should only take 30 to 60 days, right? I mean, it shouldn't take long. Yeah, about six weeks on average. But I think maybe again, it's saturation. And there's so many opportunities out there that maybe people aren't seeing long term, they're seeing, you know, what can I do and do now? And that doesn't mean they're going to be happy long term. I've got a few applicants waiting on me. I'm trying to do better about screening and see what people are really looking for. And if they really are interested in building their own panel and really being able to practice independently, because I really promote that my providers practice however they want. And I think that kind of sets us apart. What's your email? Drop your email in, into this right now. I'm sure there's a nurse practitioner going to be listening to this who is more than happy to wait six weeks. You're right. So info at psychcareanywhere.com. And then for the weight management piece is uh, info at weightcareanywhere.com. There you go. All right. I'm sure you will get some emails. Anyone listening to this, if you're looking for a little part-time gig and earn a pretty nice little side hustle salary, talk to Stacey. There you go. So 
In the meantime, though, if you want to maybe look for someone else, can you not bill under your NPI for this? And just, I mean, that's what they've always done anywhere I've ever worked at waiting for credentialing. Like every single place I've ever worked, I would start and I would just bill through another nurse practitioner, the MD's NPI or whatever until I was credentialed. Like, why can't you do that? I think Ohio says that you literally have to be on premises. I will actually look into that. I will put that on my handy dandy notebook here. Incident to billing. I think it's what that's called. I mean, I'm not an insurance expert, but I think that's what it's called. Incident to billing. I think it's fine to do. Everyone does it. You're right. I, I can think I've done that myself. And the MD definitely was not on premises, especially in the no. as a new provider, like Working what at- collaborator. <laughs> exactly. I remember multiple urgent cares I've worked with. They just billed under the MD's name while I was getting credentialed. And that happened for two months. And I never even met this MD. I don't even know what the person looked like. <laughs> Might or may not have been a real person. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. You know what I mean? I never talked to him. It's ridiculous. It's stupid, just administrative hurdle. So yeah, I think, you know, that's a possibility as well. I think you could probably do that too. And I don't think that the reason why you're having trouble with this is because there's so many different opportunities out there. The market's saturated. Jobs are hard to come by. I think people are just needing some money. I don't think a lot of people are willing to wait six to eight weeks. I think they need some income immediately. So really, this should be advertised as more of a part-time thing for someone who's already working. You know what I mean? Right on. Yeah. So, you know, pay them ten ninety nine. make your own schedule. You want to give me 10 hours a week? Fantastic. Right. And you're making 70% of every dollar you bring in. You can't beat it. And I give a whole hour for an intake and a half hour for a follow-up. <laughs> In most of these online companies, you're giving you 15 minutes and that's maximum. So you're not given the opportunity to provide really good client care. There you go. That's not cool. So yeah, I try to definitely do that differently. Well, from a business standpoint, 70% is awfully generous. Do you make money? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, if if you're making money, then cool. Awesome. My cost Um, of living is pretty low in comparison to where I was. (laughs) ah, Fair enough. You can live pretty good in Mexico for... (laughs) couple thousand dollars a month, you can live really good. I know. I should start a coaching business to help NPs get out of the country, right? <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I probably would, that'd be a little side hustle in itself, probably, you know? I mean, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've known some people who've lived in Costa Rica for, you know, 12, 12 to 24 months. I mean, basically one to two years. And they would have an awesome place on the beach with a hammock and stuff. And it would cost him like 900 bucks a month, included all utilities, high-speed internet, everything. Their food budget was like $4 a day or something ridiculous. Like, I mean, they were able to live really good and have a good quality of life for two or $3,000 a month. Oh, yeah. I could have never sent my kids to a private school. My kids go to a private school now. I'd like never, ever thought I'd be able to do that. Yeah. And they're probably having getting a better education than they would here in the States, I'm sure. And they're becoming bilingual, so... Perfect. I mean, seriously, you can't beat that. Like, that's awesome. Hell yeah, good for you. I wish I could do that right now. Yeah, I think uh, the envy of many people listening to this right now, I I guarantee it. Okay, well, cool. So I guess, do you have any other questions about the the telemed, telepsych portions of this? I mean, it sounds like you got a pretty good grasp of it. You're making some money. I guess marketing the telepsych, again, I think that that's going to be just a lot of making yourself easily found. And again, therapists are your number one referral source for psych. And then the RNs, I think that if you have ads targeted directly to RNs, I think that you'll get busy. Wonderful. I think my biggest takeaway there is where you said, you know, work on what's working and that never even remotely changed or like crossed my mind. So thank you for that. 
No, 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 for sure. You know, I listen, I was in the same boat. I mean, I, I was, I was focusing on things that weren't making me money while other businesses was making me money. And then when I focused on the businesses that were making me money, that's when like my wealth really started growing. And that's when those businesses started growing. They just needed the love and they weren't getting the love they needed. So I think that with that weight loss practice that you have, I mean, you're already successful in making money with it. I mean, shit, that's what you need to be focusing on. So what did you end up doing with the companies that were not making you the most cash? The transgender HRT practice I sold. Someone just basically was like, yeah, someone was like, hey, I want to buy this from you. So, okay, here you go. Take it. Take it. There you go. I'm not even going to negotiate. Here you go. Take it. The uh, Suboxone practice, I ended up just kind of just closing that basically. And then I had like a few little side project things I was focusing on. I just, I, I just closed them up. I just said, hell with this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I need to put my focus on two or three of these businesses. You know what I mean? Like medical cannabis, for example, it's great side money. That's all it is. It's a side hustle. It is not a business to where you can grow it and expect to become a millionaire off it. It's not. It's play money. It's a side hustle. So I stopped focusing on that. But I still kept it open because I mean, I'm still, I'm still making money doing it. I mean, it's stupid to close down something that's profitable, right? And then I really put my focus on men's health and, uh, and Elite MP. Like that's where I really need to put my focus on and it's paid off. That's really amazing. Um, and I think so many of us are so extremely grateful for what you are doing. And I don't know that if I, I would have had what I needed, you know, the guts, the willingness to break away from you know, the crutches of some ridiculous W-2 job that underpaid me. So I don't think I would have had the tools I needed without what you're doing. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And thank you for being on here and telling your story because now you're going to motivate someone else to do exactly the same. You know, like it's just a big circle of, I don't, know, I don't want to call it circle of life, but it's a big circular thing. Like, you know, I helped you, you now you're helping other people and like, you don't even know it. So I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I, I think what you're doing is great. I think that these brick and mortar practices, you know, one last piece of advice here for you. I would give these things six to 12 months. And if it's still kind of this stagnant, it ain't really doing much. You're putting a lot of money into it. Nothing is happening. Count your losses, close them up, focus on your tele stuff. Sometimes it is better to just scrap something that's not working out very well for you and put that time and energy into what is working for you. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you're really only going to be able to focus on two or three projects at a time. You can't build multiple bridges at a time. You just can't. You can only build one at a time. And so just keep that in mind. Maybe maybe you can get this telepsych thing up and running and have a lot of people working for you. And it's just kind of on autopilot. Same thing with the weight loss. And then you can put the efforts to the brick and mortar. But um, you know, six to 12 months, if it's not really happening, swallow your pride, close it, and focus on what's working for you. Because if you're not making money doing it, it's not really worth the effort, right? I'm kind of a numbers person. So I think I need to sort out like what I would define as what is working. Um, you know, is that profiting? Am I happy if it's only making a couple grand or am I needing to see maybe 10 grand a month before I consider that profitable? Do you have a guideline that you would use to determine if something is worth to keep going? It's not money, it's time. What's your time investment involved? Mm, not heavy. I have a few virtual assistants that I am working up the kinks to get the right people in place. That um, So a lot of that becomes what at least feels to me autopilot, but I don't see clients for that clinic. So I'd say my commitment's somewhere around 15 hours a week for just the psych brick and mortar. That 15 hours, if you dedicated to seeing more patients for your weight loss clinic, would you make more money? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, well... Keep that in mind. Your time is worth something. 
Like you are worth a certain amount of money on an hourly basis. And what you're telling me, what you're making, it sounds like you're probably worth, you know, between 100 to $150 an hour easily right now. Right. Okay. So then if you're putting 10 to 15 hours a week into this brick and mortar practice and you're not generating, you know, 1500 to, you know, $2,000 a week profit off of it, then it's not really worth your time, right? Now, there's a point when you first start a business where you're not going to be making any money and you kind of have to work for free to get it up and running and going. And it sounds like that's kind of where you're at with it. So I wouldn't discount it quite yet. So I feel like that, that's why I'm saying six to 12 months. If you're still putting 15 hours a week into this and you are not making at least $5,000 a month, you know, profit in your pocket, is it worth your time? Is it worth it? Like, I, I don't think it is. Thank you for that perspective. That did not cross my mind. And that definitely is a good tool I have. I will have moving forward and discerning what to do. And that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how you prioritize this stuff. You got to, you know, what's your time commitment? Like, you know, I wrote an article, the, the most profitable niche practices a nurse practitioner can do. And people read it and you know, email me surprised about how I broke it down. It's your time investment and how much money you get from it. You know, sure, aesthetics, you can make a shit ton of money. You can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, but you are working your ass off. You have to be there to be in the one injecting the fillers, injecting the Botox, doing that stuff. The time commitment into it, right? Time for dollars versus men's health. I work a whopping five hours a week doing it. I pay myself $15,000, $20,000 a month for a five-hour-a-week commitment. You tell me what's more profitable. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> I have no desire to work full-time, so I right. can definitely say that there's certain places I uh, definitely need to concentrate my yeah. effort. I think the two things you're focusing on right now are fantastic, both psych and having other NPs work for you and the weight loss. You know, weight loss is another high-profit practice for the time you know you need to put into it so you're already focusing on two really good things here it's just that i wonder if you should focus more on the telemed portion of it versus the brick and mortar but i say keep focusing a little bit on the brick and mortar get some providers in there see if you can you know throw a little bit more money into it you know throw another ten fifteen thousand dollars into it or whatever you got to do to see if you can start getting the patients up and if you can great you got another business spinning off another passive income for you but after six to 12 months, if it's not doing much for you, sometimes it's better just to cut your losses and just move on. So any other questions or anything? No, I really think that I covered everything and uh, I feel much better going forward instead of pulling my hair out and dreading logging in every morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're getting to the point where you're dreading it, there's, yeah, that's a problem. Like you do not want to get to that point. So no. yeah. Been yeah. there don't ever want to feel that way again. A hundred percent. We've all been there. That's, that's not a point you want to get to. So all right, well, anyways, I'd like to end the episode with you asking me a question. Is there a specific, you know, personal question or anything like that you'd like to ask me? Uh, yeah. How's the family? <laughs> okay. So, so we, we recorded this mid December. My little guy now is about three weeks old now. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, uh, it's going good. You know, he sleeps on and off basically. Uh, you know, some nights he might only wake up twice to, you know, you know, feed. And then the other nights it is like every hour screaming. It's like, dude, what is your problem, man? All you do is eat, sleep and shit. And you've done all three. Uh -huh. What else do you need? Like, <laughs> you know, so no, no. He, he needs to be heard. <laughs> right. I think, I think he just, yeah, I think he just wants held, you know, I think he just wants a little attention or something. Yeah. So. It's going good. It's definitely, it's definitely giving me a lot of different perspective on life. So I recommend it. And I wouldn't mind another one, uh, you know, in the next year or two. That way, uh, I mean, he's, you know, he needs a friend. 
Yes, my kids are two years apart and I think it is like the best and coolest thing I've ever done and they are best friends and now that's not guaranteed, but I've been very fortunate and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. So congrats to you. Well, thank you. Congratulations to you too. I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think that, uh, you know, having a sibling like that, I mean, they're, you know, they, they should be one of your best friends throughout life. Right. So all right. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you hopping on here. If you want to do a follow-up, you know, in six to 12 months, whatever, uh, you got my email. So let me know. Ah, uh, that would be perfect. Thank you so much and good luck to you. And we'll connect soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Stacy. She is in a really cool, unique position. I mean, hell, she's living in Mexico and doing telemed in the States. I mean, what a life, right? I mean, you make $100,000 in the States. In Mexico, you are living like a king or a queen. So uh, congratulations for her for uh, you know having the courage to do that. That's super awesome. I mean, anyone listening can do that. Any one of you guys can do that. Anybody can. It just takes the courage to do it. So I think one of the big takeaways with this episode is that, you know, focus on what is bringing the money in. Don't focus on beating a dead horse. Don't just like, don't. Like you really need to focus on what's generating income in your life and in your business. Okay. If you decide to do a new service or offer a new product or open up another business, if it's not really gaining steam, if it's not taking off after six to 12 months, look at it. What's your time commitment into it and how much are you making? Sometimes it is better to just count your losses, scrap it, and move on with life. All right. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer. The content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2022 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.